You are now listening to the Fantasy Whisper Podcast with your hosts, Johnny, Game Time Hicks, and Big Travi. Wow, hello and welcome to the Fantasy Whispers Podcast. That's Big Travi and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks and we're here to give you that fantasy football fix. Travis, we are upon week five, brother. What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> week five, man, got, got me acting all crazy. Well, that and a couple losses in my, uh, in my leagues. Hey. I just... Uh, Hey, it's fantasy. bound to happen. You can't win all of them, man. Even as fantasy whispers, you can't win all of them. It's just not. Oh, possible. and trust me, when you start a podcast and you join a fantasy football league, they let you know. Oh, and it's they expected. let you know when you lose. Yeah. I have now. The common theme is that everybody who beats me is going to start their own podcast. So I <laughs> yeah. think that's great. We are inspiring dreams. We are building the youth up around us, Johnny. And they can too be a fantasy whisperer. True story. I, I'm in a, I'm in one league, a keeper league, and right now there's like an eight way tie at all at two and two. And there was a guy that was giving me crap in one of in in that league, and he was like, "Oh, you're a fantasy whisperer, but you're in seventh place." I'm like, "Dude, we're all tied <laughs> at two and two. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous." But. This is episode number 29 already, Travis, and today we are going over the all the, the games on the slate for this weekend, and if you can't get enough of fantasy football, head on over to our website, that's thefantasywhispers.com. Travis, you'll be releasing your um, start and sit article a little bit later this week. And we have a ton of other content up there as well as our weekly rankings. And always check us out on YouTube as well as on I Apple, I Apple iTunes. I almost like messed that up there. Uh, Google Play and Stitcher or wherever you want to get your podcast. We are up there. Giving you that fix. Like Johnny said, head over to the website. We're not like those other guys asking you for money, asking you for a subscription. We give you this content. We're busting it out. We're busting our tails for you guys. All we ask is uh, maybe for your email so you can join the Whisper Nation. We can keep you up to date with all that fresh content. But, Johnny, I'm psyched. Let's dive into this thing, man. All right. We're going to start it off, like always, with a little news and notes. <laughs> and notes from around the NFL. That's right, Johnny. Our news and notes are brought to you by Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. Fanatic is where fantasy meets IQ. Johnny, these guys are great. They are in all those Apple iOS app store. That is uh, that they are updating this thing daily and basically what they do johnny is they take all those news sources that you love you're scouring the internet for all the news on your guys they compile it into one app here and then they additionally they break down the last three games of every fantasy relevant player they've got charts they've got targets they've got receptions they've got carries all those crazy good stats for the last three weeks so you can kind of see a small sample size a small snapshot of where your guys are at and if you ever need our rankings, they're right there within the app. They have the Fantasy Whisperers rankings right there live uh, that we update every Wednesday. They're right there in the app. So we love these guys, Fanatic, doing it big. 
They're a great follow on Twitter as well because they're giving you a bunch of quick uh, stats from the app. Yep, that's right. You want to win the week, win the next, win your league, and that's what we're all here to do. All right, Travis, first up we have Rappaport believes Leonard Fournette's injury could be a two-plus week injury. Not really surprising here considering he already missed two weeks uh, previously with that hamstring injury. And I'm not, you know, usually if it happens again, once you come back, it's a little bit longer. It takes longer to, you know, heal. And to be honest with you, as long as, as Yeldon is continuing to play like he is, I don't understand why they would want to rush him back. I mean, there's no need really. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Johnny. hundred percent. Right. Uh, all right, uh, we got Chris Carson didn't practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with that hip injury that kept him out this past weekend. It was a surprise scratch there. Uh, if he is a no-go, you're definitely going to roll out uh, big big boy Mike Davis over there. Um, that guy, stud. I mean, I mean, well, I don't know if it, I don't know if he's a stud or the Arizona Cardinals just can't tackle. It could could be either <laughs> one of those. Um, well, what we've seen is back-to-back weeks for whoever the starting running back is for Seattle get 20-plus carries. Um, so it really it just it's going to depend on what happens. Although I will say this: if Chris Carson gets the green light, Chris Carson would be a stay away from me just on the fact that I think Mike Davis has earned a role per Pete Carroll in this offense. And what that spells to me, Johnny, is neither of these guys are going to be very reliable going forward if they're both healthy and on the field. All right. Uh, we had Matt Burita was limited at Wednesday's practice. Uh, continue to monitor. Today's, today is a, a lot of veterans' days off. So it's yeah, what they call is, it is the maintenance day. Yeah, A lot of guys are getting their rest today, getting their uh, treatment, getting all those things kind of squared away. So I wouldn't take too much stock. You want to see your guy – getting in at least a limited practice on Thursday and Friday, right. uh, especially Friday. That's the big signal. All right. Uh, Devonta Freeman is supposed to play this weekend. Keep that monitored. Uh, he's been out the last few weeks. Uh, we also, uh, in Green Bay, we have Devonte Adams has a calf injury to go along with Randall Cobb's hamstring injury and Geronimo Allison's in concussion protocol. This is just a mess, Travis. Uh, yeah, so what I did in multiple leagues here with this news, Johnny, is as soon as I got that app uh, update, I said, I'm going to go pick up Marquez Valdez-Scantling because yeah, it may just be a process of he's the only healthy body left, mm -hmm. and we know a number one for Aaron Rodgers is very profitable. Uh, although I will say Aaron Rodgers has a few weeks in a row not very good, you still want to take that shot uh, with the number one option all right we have rob gronkowski is questionable for week five against the colts this is something to watch very very closely and monitor as well as check out our instagram we will definitely be posting about this stuff as it happens uh, that, that would be a big loss It'd be, uh, we'll talk about this game in a second uh, so i don't want to dive too much into that news quite yet travis um, yeah and the other major big news before we move on here, unless you want to add anything else, was uh, T.Y. Hilton is already ruled out for tomorrow night's game. So make along sure, with Marlon Mack. Along with Marlon Mack. So make sure you get – well, Marlon Mack wouldn't be in your starting lineup, but uh, make sure you get T.Y. Hilton out of your starting lineup if he's still in there. little confession here. 
The guy I'm playing in one of my leagues still has T.Y. Hilton in there, and I'm praying that he doesn't check his lineup for Thursday night. Or listen to the podcast. Yeah, or listen to the <laughs> podcast. Um, so I guess we'll find out uh, one of the either one of those uh, very, very shortly. All right, Travis, is there anybody else? There's a lot of uh, little minor injuries that are happening, but... Yeah, a couple of the Texans I want you to keep an eye on if you're watching. Will Fuller uh, not getting in limited practice. Uh, Lamar Miller getting in limited practice. Also, Sammy Watkins. So there's some dings, and, you know, we're getting into that war of attrition in the NFL. Make sure you're monitoring all those bubbles that come up on your whatever site you use, and make sure you're following the Fantasy Whispers. We're going to keep you up to date on all of our social platforms on those injuries and those updates. All right, Travis, let's jump on into the week five previews. First up on the slate, we are going to talk about the Thursday night game, and that's the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. This is a 51.5 over under, and New England is favored by a whopping 10.5 points, Travis. Is there massive? Any, is there anyone on the Colts? That you are, we just talked about how T.Y. Hilton is going, is ruled out for this game. Is there anybody in this game that you're willing to roll out on the Colts side? Yeah, there's a couple names I like in this game due to, well, how the game sets up, Johnny. They are 10.5 points road underdogs, but the the spread is, or the point total is pretty big, 51.5. So, they should be able to put some points up on the board against this Patriots defense, unlike Miami did last week. But I like Naheem Hines and Eric Ebron in this game. I think both these guys set up to be dink and dunk options for Andrew Luck and red zone targets if they were to get into the red zone. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but Luck has 186 pass attempts through four weeks. That's a Colts franchise record. Yeah. They are throwing a ton that defense because that defense very good. is not good. And we've talked about it in the in the offseason. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. I think I write regularly in my player stay away article on the fantasywhispers.com targeting that defense because you can literally start guys against them just based on the fact that that defense is not very talented. Yep, that I I love the Naheem Hines. I if I didn't, I don't write a sit or start article. I leave that to Big Travi. Uh, but if I did, he would be in my start column because I absolutely love Naheem Hines. He was a guy that I had talked about in the summertime. I was super high on him, and he is becoming he's becoming a star before our eyes, right, Travis? He's he is being targeted a whopping twenty one percent of the time for that Indianapolis Colts offense. And with no T.Y. Hilton, which is the market shareholder, I expect that to even go even higher. They're going to be behind. You see it in Vegas. They're they're going to be they're vast underdogs. So yeah. give me give me Naheem Hines for sure. And Ebron is going to be the touchdown guy. So uh, I like both of those calls. I'm going to switch it over here to the New England Patriots side, Travis. And finally, we get Julian Edelman back for this New England offense. And man, it seems to be a very good time to get him back with so many injuries piling up on that side of the ball. We just talked about Gronk possibly missing this game and, you know, Flash still being integrated into this offense. Travis, what do you expect from Edelman coming back from his four game suspension? I think he'll get a good amount of work. I mean, you listen to Tom Brady this week, really excited to get Edelman back, said he has no doubt that Edelman will be ready 
I think Edelman's been chomping at the bit to, you know, prove he's got a chip on his shoulder, so to speak. He always has. But with the suspension, I think he does even more. I'm really, you know, hopefully you have better options to start than Edelman, but I, I feel fine starting Edelman if you need to. Um, welcome to running back one territory, Sony Michelle. Yeah. Sony Michelle got the work last week. Looks so uh, good, or, too. Or gave the work, I should say, last week. And he looked great. And he, you know, is an afterthought, so to speak, in the pass catching game. Which is a uh, little bit of that, a surprise, right? It is. I think over time we'll see that change. I think they really, you know, they were, James White is really good at what he does. Yeah. So, uh, but I think, you know, that's one of the dynamics I'm looking to watch, or uh, Johnny, is how Edelman affects James White's usage. Yeah. Because Edelman runs a lot of those dink and dunk routes for Brady, those chain movers, so to speak. And that's where he's really been going to James White this year. So, can each other can uh, Edelman's work into the offense eat into James White's value? I think maybe so. Right. You know, we were talking about a sell white or a sell high on James White uh, last week because of Burke or two weeks ago because of Burkhead. Yeah. I actually think there's a case to make of selling high on James White this week due to Edelman being back. That's an interesting. That's a very interesting take. I'd like. I do want to see what the target market share is like with Edelman in there because they run basically the same kind of routes. Um, when it comes to Chris Hogan, not he's an afterthought at this point. Um, I'm not starting him. What uh, what would you advise Flash? What do you what are you thinking? He got some he had some nice targets last week. I expect him to get even more this week. But Travis, do you still feel confident or is he more of a boomer bust no. for you? He's a stash right now because I think that we talked about if Edelman comes back, what it could do for the rest of the offense, what it could open up. I think that Gordon is a stash. I think he has some potential to be there, but he's going to he's gonna still need to learn this offense. Yeah. And he's going to still need to learn his place in it. And so uh, I'm not starting him anytime soon, but I am definitely holding on to him because the upside is real. It's there. All right, moving on to the next game. We have the Packers at the Detroit Lions. This is a 51-point over-under, and the Green Bay Packers are favored by one. Travis, you hinted at it a little bit in the news and notes sections with all the wide receivers so banged up. Is there a concern for Aaron Rodgers? He was the number one drafted quarterback in this year's draft. Uh, We made a remix video, and, you know, I still advocate for that. It's Aaron Rodgers. Um, but he has been a QB 12 or lower in three straight games. This is a Detroit Lions defense that, to be honest with you, I still don't know if they're good or not. Um, yeah. They've given up a lot of points in certain weeks, but then other weeks they've, they were, you know, against Tom Brady, they, they stifened that, that offense. So um, what is your level of concern with playing Rodgers this week? This is the lowest I've ranked Rodgers this year, um, uh, just because of the injury, the the you know, the uh, injury, the injury to himself, the injuries to his uh, wide receiving core, mm-hmm. and so for me, I think, and the emergence of Aaron Jones, I think all of these things are swirling around, and they're just making him a little bit less shiny as he was before. Plus, you look at some of these other quarterbacks with great matchups this week. Um, that's kind of why I'm at where I'm at with Rodgers. But I am a little concerned. I think until this is actually, you know, figured out, until his injuries actually 
uh, had the time, the appropriate time to heal and his weapons are come back in full force, I think you have to downgrade him a bit. And it sounds sad or it sounds a little crazy to say, but that's just the way it is with, with uh, his weapons at this point. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I think that. I will say though, that I think that it, I think that it upgrades Aaron Jones and I kind of alluded to it just now. He's kind of taken over here. I know that it's still a little bit of a committee, but he is doing the best out of all these guys, and it's not even close. All of the coaches are saying it now. Rodgers has been saying it since the beginning. Um, I think that he is a guy you can start with confidence going forward as a flex with RB2, RB1 upside, and then eventually he's going to sneak into that RB2, RB1 range. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones – or Aaron Jones um... – Aaron Rodgers was comparing him to to Grant, one of the best running backs the Packers have had in the last few decades. Um, right, and and so and I I think he's the you know we talked about it all the time he's the most uh, multifaceted running back that they have. He could do it both. Yeah. He can he can catch. He can run. He can uh, pass block. He's he's the whole package. So uh, I like that one there. Uh, all right, Travis, on the other side of the ball, you have our boy, uh, Carry On Johnson. Carry on my That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they were going on for an encore, dude. They, they want a little bit more there. And why not? I mean, Carry On Johnson basically deserves an encore, except for the fact that Matt Patricia came out this week and said that he thought he was getting enough work to which everybody in the room laughed because that's not correct. I mean, I, I still don't understand. I Actually, I think I kind of get it. Like Patricia and the Patriots and LeGarrette Blount and this, you know, this whole backstory they have, I think he's saying one thing. I think eventually Kerryon Johnson is just too good to not to ignore at this point. And he's giving the Lions a balance they haven't had in the Stafford era. So, um, I think Kerryon Johnson is a guy like Aaron Jones. You can continue to start him with uh, knowing that the upside is there, tempering your expectations. Start him as a flex. Start him as an RB2. Temper your expectations, but know that that upside is there. Um, as far as the wide receivers for the Lions, I think you can continue to fire up all three. They all each have upside in their own way. And, you know, I know the argument here is that Marvin Jones is the one whose value has taken the biggest hit, and I agree with that except for the fact that they don't have a tight end this year. And so what yeah. we're seeing, I mean, they, they have tight ends. They don't have a tight end like they had in Ebron, who was a red zone guy, who yeah. was a down-the-field deep threat guy for them. So, yes, Galladay is taking over, and, yes, Tate is doing his thing, but Jones is still valuable as that tight end-type role for this offense. Yeah. I You know, and to me, this why I mean – I'm I'm trusting Matthew Stafford here against this Packers defense that doesn't really scare me too much. And yeah, fifty-one point over under, and they're and the Packers are only favored by one, which means they think both these teams are going to score around twenty-five points. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're probably getting a lot of that through the air. For sure. Okay. Anything else to add on this game before we move on? No, that's. I think that pretty much sums up that one. Oh, right. Marquez Valdez Scantling. And maybe Ty Montgomery. Look at right. those two guys. Ty Montgomery, guys. Ty, Ty Montgomery for me, uh, I, I really like Ty Montgomery. I think that he's going to 
get especially with how depleted this wide receiver core is uh they're gonna definitely start using them more out of the backfield i think that what we're gonna see is more two running back sets with uh you you're gonna have um ty and aaron jones in there at the same yeah, time yeah don't, don't forget mccarthy's not afraid to split out ty back into the wide receiver which is what he was when they drafted him yeah so he's not afraid to use him there either not afraid to use a back as a wide receiver or vice versa is the Carolina Panthers. The Giants visit the Carolina Panthers this week, 44 and a half point over under. Carolina is the favorite by seven. And you talk about a hybrid wide receiver running back. Christian McCaffrey is back from bye, baby. And I am stoked because this guy has not only been the number one running back for the Panthers, Johnny. He's been their number one receiving as the market share as a receiver and as a running back. Yeah. And this is wild. And he just hasn't scored a touchdown yet. Yeah. So it's just, um, it's I think he is. Yeah. I think he's due for some regression, some positive regression. That is uh, to use an oxymoron. Uh, I think he's ready to kind of bust out here. It's, it's just, inc- it's incredible. Like his share of the team touches, it's gone from 32% to 44%. And then in week three, it was 53%. Yeah. Um, so he continues to be Insane. the focal point of this offense. And uh, so, I, you know, CMC, Funches is a potential starter here, though, as a pass catcher, as the other option uh, in that offense. So do you think, Johnny? Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, he's got 46 rushes already on the season, which isn't super high, but you got to remember that they didn't play. That's in three games. So he's averaging a a healthy amount of rushes per game, Travis, in a league where that doesn't really happen that often anymore. Uh, A lot of these, you know, over here in Arizona, we're like, can we please give David Johnson 18 touches a game? Like, that's what we're asking (laughs) for, you know? So it's just like, that is great. If you have Christian McCaffrey, you're rolling him out there. I love him this week. Uh, and I love him moving forward. Again, this Giants defense is nothing that you're scared for. Um, Travis, on the other, or, you know, in the wide receiver core though, there's not a whole lot here that you're confident in, except for maybe Devin Funches. Are you rolling him out? Is he more of a wide receiver two or wide receiver three for you? Uh, I have him more as a wide receiver three. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. But I will say you talked about the Giants' defense, and the thing is, is the Giants are giving up 7.3 yards per play on first down. That's the highest in the league. So they are giving up chunks of yardage. So I'm okay if you need to start bunches here, wide receiver three with some wide receiver two upside, um, especially against that Giants' defense. All right, and then on the other side of the ball, we've got uh, well, you're you're obviously going to start. Uh, well, well, we'll touch on OBJ here in a second and get your thoughts on it. But we're you're definitely going to start Saquon Barkley. Um, and the, the other two questions are Sterling Shepard. He becomes a very nice option here as a flex starter. And uh, he's seen, you know, he, he got in the end zone last last week. Uh, as much as this OBJ owners hate that. Um, he got in the end zone and as long as Evan Ingram is out, Travis, I really like Sterling Shepard as a flex spot, but the big concern is will OBJ get in the end zone? Fantasy owners want to know, will OBJ get in the end zone against this Carolina defense that has been able to rest for the last week and a half? Um, 
I think OBJ needs to he'll score sooner rather than later. Listen, I think OBJ is still a buy low candidate for me. I think listen, he's too talented. He's too great to be kept down this long. I think they realize and, and listen, every week that Pat Shermer doesn't get him more involved, the New York media is going crazy, especially if they're not winning. Oh yeah. So, absolutely. and especially if OBJ is going to be on the sidelines getting pissed off. So, um, I think it's just a matter of time before that happens. I will say that Shepard has now, you know, he's now gotten in the same category target-wise as OBJ. And you see with Ingram out, Shepard has been a nice safety net for a very scared and, you know, running for his life, Eli Manning. Yeah. He's definitely looked to Shepard as an outlet. Shepard and, of course, uh, Saquon Barkley. So, um, I think you're fine starting all those pieces for the New York Giants, especially in a game where they probably will trail and probably need to come back. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else you want to touch on in this game before we move on? No. I need, in case anybody, or I just want to say, in case anybody forgot, Saquon Barkley is good at football. Oh, good gosh. So, yeah, he's he's yeah he's fun to watch. All right, yep. um, we got the Broncos, the Denver Broncos at the New York Jets. This is a 42.5 over under, pretty low here. Uh, the New York wow. Jets are actually favored, Travis, yeah. in this game, which is crazy. Yeah, I think I'm going to be betting on the Broncos in this one. Yeah, I would uh, probably bet on the same there as well. Um, Travis, what this – okay, as – this backfield uh, for the Denver Broncos has to be one of the most confusing backfields that we have in the league right now. And I'll tell you why. Because both of these running backs in Phillip Lindsay and, uh, and Freeman, Royce Freeman, are both super effective. And for some reason, unbeknownst to all of us fantasy owners – they still choose to throw out Devon, uh, yeah, uh, Devonte Booker. Yeah, Devonte Booker in a two-minute drill at the end of a half for what? This guy is awful. He's he's I'm telling you, man. I think Vance Joseph just really likes Devonte Booker. They must be homies. I don't. I don't get it. Um, it, it it's baffling. Um, they're going to continue to do this though, as long as Vance Joseph is the guy. You know as the head coach, I just think that they, they like the hot hand approach, even though like Booker's hand has never been hot. Um, right, yeah. He's not very good. I, I think you got to continue to roll out Lindsay and Freeman. If you have both. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you have one of those, you're okay with starting either one. Which one would you start over? I would uh, asking, asking, for, asking for a friend here. Uh, which one would you start Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman? Uh, I think that since this game, the interesting point here is since this game, since the Jets are barely favored, it, it projects to be a close game, right? Yeah. Well, when you look at when the Broncos are tied or leading, he has a 23, he's, he's had 23% of their offensive opportunities, Royce Freeman. Oh, okay. So I think that this game suits up better, uh, for a Royce Freeman game. So, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Uh, here's what's point, crazy. Lindsay Jeff. is, yeah. Here's, the, here's what's crazy. In um, 
with with running backs with at least 30 carries where Royce Freeman ranks with both of those he's number two in missed tackle percentage with 27 percent and he's number four in yards per carry attempt at 3.59 or yards after carry excuse me with 3.59 it's unbelievable why they don't get this guy the ball more touches now I understand Philip Lindsay is an awesome running back I get I Watching him on last Monday night, it was like, wow, these these they really do have a thunder and lightning there. It's just like, oh my goodness, get this guy some more carries, please. He is a bulldozer. Speaking yeah, I think that oh, we can talk about all day long about how good Freeman is, but Lindsey's been just as good, if not better, and he's led the That's team in touches. He's yeah. led the team in touches in all three games that he's been in. Uh, if you take out the Baltimore game where he was playing sock and rock and boat robots. Um, and yeah, so with those two running backs, they still roll out Devontae Booker. Doesn't make yeah, any I, sense. Yeah, I don't but, get it. Uh, another, if we talk about the pass catchers, Johnny Demarius yeah. Thomas continues to be a fade for me, and I'm actually targeting at or at least putting on my watch list Cortland Sutton. Yeah, he had a nice uh, game the other night. He's yeah, he's had five or more targets in three of the four games, and you can just kind of see this if if you have the the trajectory of Demarius Thomas is going down and the trajectory of Cortland Sutton is going up and soon those will cross I think and I think we're not far off from that happening where Sutton will be the guy that this offense leans on we're already seeing he's the guy they go deep with they take the shots deep with so well and and um, I just keep an eye on Cortland Sutton Demarius Thomas and I'll give you kudos Travis because you talked about this in in the summertime Demarius Thomas looks slow and old. Oh, yeah. oh my well, gosh. You just saw it in the game speed. You know, if yeah. you if you broke down the game speed last year, you saw his decline. And I think what the hope was, at least this was Johnny's hope in the offseason, where they were going to continue to use Demarius Thomas in other ways to be more yeah. creative and get him involved. They actually seem to be doing that with Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, they're moving him on reverses and putting him in the slot and moving him all around. So, um, Demarius Thomas just doesn't seem to be athletically as gifted as he once was, or at least above everybody else on the field. So Sanders is the guy I'm playing on the pass catchers. He continues to be a favorite for Case Keenum, even though Case Keenum hasn't thrown a touchdown in the last three games, but he has thrown a pick in each game. Uh, this is actually maybe a bounce back spot for Keenum, but I, he was a guy I liked this year as streaming. Uh, not anymore. I don't think he's got that in him at this point. Um, on the other side of the ball, the only two guys, Travis, that I'm confident in starting, and that's going to be Quincy and Nunwa and Blah Blah Blah. And even then, it, it's just more of game script, right, for the Blow Pow uh, move. I just don't yeah. see Crowell being uh, very effective against um, in this game. So. I'm only confident in starting below pal and Quincy Nunwa. Anyone else that you want to bring up or any stats that you want to talk about with those two before we move on? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. Okay. Um, oh, but I do want to say real quick before we do move on to this, if Denver Broncos are on your waiver wire, go swoop them up right now and play them in this game. This is a great defensive stream right here. Uh, you you have already seen Sam Darnold throw a couple picks in each game. Uh, so, again, I like the Denver Broncos uh, defense in this game. All right, going on to the Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills. 
This is a 39 point over under. Ugh, gross. Yeah, uh, gross. And Tennessee is favored by 3.5 points. Travis, I thought I heard on the radio that they actually were just going to completely black this game out because uh, it was going to be so horrible. Um, uh, they probably should because the Bills continue to roll out there what they call an NFL team, and it <laughs> continues to not be so. Um, we all know how the Packers' defense is not as great as it you know as it should be to help Aaron Rodgers win championships. Well, they just blanked I mean, the Bills. Yeah, twenty three. They look. They look like the the. What was 85 the, the, bears yeah, yeah the 85 there. bears man it was just like every play it was just like goodness gracious so as much as i hate derrick henry's production this year i mean i kind of interested in playing henry this week against this bills team you know that just got gashed again by the running game of the green bay packers aaron jones comes in in committee fashion racks up good yardage and scores a touchdown against this team uh, how are you feeling about, obviously, long-term, the Tennessee Titans running back position kind of gives you a head-scratcher, but this game kind of sets up nicely for them. Yeah, to me, Travis, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you have a different opinion, but to me, this game is shaping up for Derrick Henry like the the Kenyon Drake of last weekend, right? Like, <laughs> coming into that game, you're like, this is the make-or-break week. If Derrick Henry yeah. can't get it done against the Buffalo Bills in what looks to be a pretty favorable matchup for their uh, offensive line against that defensive line. Travis, I don't think he's going to be able to do it against anybody uh, or, you know, he might do it every once in a while, uh, but nothing that you can really bank on. Uh, this would be very, this, I would definitely be hitting the panic. I'm already kind of hitting the panic button on Derrick Henry, but especially if he can't produce after this game. Uh, but Dion Lewis, Travis, I still kind of think that Deion Lewis could be a buy low right now. Um, he's not really had that monster breakout game, but I think as we continue to see Derrick Henry not produce, they're going to start giving Deion Lewis a lot more touches in this, in this offense. And, you know, I'll admit the very little gameplay that I've actually watched of the Tennessee Titans, uh, their offensive has looked way better with Deion Lewis on the field than with Derrick Henry. Yeah, and as Mariota gets healthier and they start to open up this passing game, I think Deion Lewis benefits the most out of those two running backs because he's actually a guy that can stay dynamic for them and uh, keep them dangerous on the offensive side of the ball. Um you know, and as Derrick Henry declines, continues to decline here, Deion Lewis is going to be set up to get more and more of the actual rushing outlook because he had he hasn't seen a lot of it because I feel like the Titans are just committed to seeing if Derrick Henry can do it, which he hasn't been able to. So yeah, I agree with you, Johnny. Take a shot at buying Deion Lewis low in an effort that he is going to eventually take over more looks here. Uh, but speaking about Mariota warming up and getting healthy, Corey Davis. Welcome, man. Yeah, Finally, welcome it to took the NFL. long enough, man. Oof. He he did it, bro. He yeah. did it last week against he, he a good, good defense. Against a yes. good defense. Yes, and the, and the Titans look good. They look better. They looked closer to that sh that shiny new offense that we saw. You know, we talked about Matt Lafleur coming over in the offseason. We talked about what the Titans could be. They looked a little bit closer to that. They've been winning ball games, so yeah. Um, yeah you know, I'm I'm excited to see. Corey Davis, he needs to follow this up. 
Right. But I also want to see Taewon Taylor's involvement with Rashard Matthews gone. Yeah. Taewon Taylor racked up about 77 yards last week. Uh, I'm kind of interested. I, I definitely think he's a stash at this point. Again, I don't know if this offense is worthy or or um, not worthy. Worthy is not the word. Uh, it is flashy enough to support two wide receivers at this point. But. It certainly has the potential, right? Because we've seen it before from Marcus Mariota. And, you know, Tywan Taylor had, he was the big guy, this big splash guy that we heard about all preseason about how he was flashing in training camp. So uh, he is definitely a stash for me and, and wait and see. Um, get him before everyone else tries to jump on that because in yeah. a couple weeks he could be gone. All right, Travis. Anybody from the Bills that you're going to start at all? I mean, probably the Sean McCoy, because you probably are going to have to. I don't think that you'll have a better option, but I do not feel good about it at all. Uh, so anyways, the next game that we're talking about here is, I'm sorry, I got to get off this 39 and a half yeah, or 39 over under. It's gross. Let's move on. Yeah, no, you're not starting anybody from the Bills. Not even shady. Like, if yeah. you went out and picked up Naheem Hines off the waivers, yeah, you're I, starting Naheem Hines over LaShawn McCoy, in my opinion. Oh yeah, based on the usage, based on the way the game script set, sets up. Like, here's a question. Hey, here's a true question. Okay, and um, all right, never mind. I'll ask it in in two and in, in two. Remind me to ask you in two uh, teams because we're gonna preview the team in two two. Uh, okay. Yeah. So just. Okay. Uh, so the next game is a big one for both teams, and it's the Falcons at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This over-under has got me salivating, Johnny. It's 57.5 points over-under with Pittsburgh only favored by three, which means they think that both of these teams, desperate for a win, backed up against each other's walls, are going to be out here guns blazing, and both of these defenses have just been torched, Johnny, which means – you fire up all your Falcons. You fire up yeah. all your Steelers as if you weren't already. But even James Conner, who's been struggling, you got to put him in there because I think they'll be in scoring range, man, and he'll have an opportunity to score. I mean, you look at what Gio Bernard did last week. He scored two touchdowns against this Falcons defense. Uh, you can literally start any of them. But I ask right. you, Johnny, Freeman coming back, you know, we had this conversation doing our rankings. You know, what do we do with Freeman? How much usage is he going to get? And I have to think in this game, if he's back, he's back. I feel like they maybe targeted this game knowing they needed a boost in the running game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i definitely rolling him out there, of course, if, if, he's, if he does give it a go. I'm definitely rolling him out there. But to me, Travis, I mean, Tevin Coleman's looked good this year, and I expect him to continue. It's his contract year. We've talked about that. Um, I continue to be a Tevin Coleman supporter, and but again, this is a juicy game. You are going to want to start anybody. The guy that I'm actually more a little concerned about um, is is um, Stephen Ridley, and the reason I say that is because Travis. We saw Mohamed Sanu get more targets 
than Ridley did last week. Oh, Calvin Ridley. Or, sorry. I was a little, I was a little I confused because Stephen Ridley is oh, James Conner's yeah, yeah, backup. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry. Not, not no, Stephen Ridley. Okay. Um, Calvin Ridley. Mohamed Sanu actually got more snaps or more, excuse me, more targets than Calvin Ridley did last week. But again, Calvin Ridley got into the end zone and he's looking to be Matt Ryan's go-to guy in the red zone. Unfortunately for Julio Jones owners, I know you don't want to hear that, but the nice thing about Julio Jones is he's just a, a yardage monster. So, you know, that you're going to get 12 fantasy points from, you know, unless you're in a PPR league, then you're going to get like 22. If he can just squeak into the end zone, he's going to have a monster game here. And you know what, Travis? I'm going to call it here. I'm calling it on the show right now. A little whispers. Julio Jones will get in the end zone in this game. I heard it here first. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's a bad bet, except for the fact that he seems to be allergic to the end zone. <laughs> but you talked about it. Julio Jones leads the league in receiving yardage. He's a great deep ball threat. We look at the Steelers' defense. It's been destroyed by the deep ball. Um, Julio is, you know, he is going to give you that wide receiver one points every week. He could really step back into that elite category if he can just get a positive boost to his touchdowns I got because it's not as if the the Falcons are getting down there and not scoring with wide receivers I mean Ridley is scoring at a torrid pace so yeah I think that Julio's I think similar to Christian McCaffrey there's a positive regression coming for this guy it's just when is it when when it's going to happen and we saw in the years when the Falcons had you know Julio Jones biggest touchdown year yes it's only eight touchdowns but it was in that MVP season where they had multiple other weapons to go with Julio. So I think yeah. that this sets up for Julio to benefit in the back half of this year. Uh, call me crazy. Last person I want to touch on before we move out of this game, Travis, is Vance McDonald. Is he on your radar for tight ends? Do you think he's a weekly start for a tight end? or? He's yeah, more... I think the landscape of tight end, the way yeah. it is right now, you got to kind of roll him out there. His in. He's increased his usage every week, and he would have been a decent play last week had it not been for that insane strip by Baltimore. Um, if he had not fumbled, he would have been decently uh, played played all right. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Vance. I like anybody in this game, really. Yeah. I mean, even with the, the trepidation you'd have in starting the Falcons running backs like we talked about, I love them in this. Even with the way James Conner has really struggled, Yeah. you know, um, but he I, hasn't he hasn't really struggled in the pass catching pass right. catching area. It's more of them Which giving him rushing continue attempts. To, yeah, but it's because you know Pittsburgh has gotten off to really slow starts the last few games, and so it's caused them to just come out and having to pass right away. Kind of game scripts uh, James Conner's running ability out, but he still is a safe play to me. Uh, I mean. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm still rolling. Start and, them and, all. Yeah, you, you want to roll them out there. All right, Travis, the last game we're going to touch on on today's show is the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns, a little division rivalry here. Baker Makefield is still kind of going. He, he lost last week, but uh, you know he put up some good numbers. Uh, this is a 47-point over-under, and Baltimore is favored by three. Uh, Travis, this Ravens backfield uh, continues to be a little bit of a head-scratcher here. Uh, Collins fumbles, uh, 
plagued him throughout the season. He hasn't been getting the uh, the type of carries that we thought he was going to get. And you get Buck Allen, who's not really getting a whole lot of carries, but he's finding the end zone almost every week. Last week was the first week he didn't find the end zone. Uh, Travis, if you have to roll out one of these running backs, which one are you more confident rolling out? Uh, pass. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't want to roll out either until somebody settles in here. I think eventually somebody will. I think they want it to be Collins. Yeah. They've tried in multiple games to be for it to be Collins, and he's fumbled. Yeah. And he continues to force Harbaugh's hand into moving him into the you know right in the bench. Um, I like Collins rest of season, but for this game, give me Buck Allen. I think that. Um, Honestly, this game projects it could be a shootout. I know we talk yeah. about division games and how yeah. it slows down. It's a 47 over under. I give me the over here. Yeah. Because both of these offenses are vastly improved from last year and they're different from each other or they're different from what these teams have seen out of each other the last couple of years because John Brown's there, because all the weapons on the Cleveland side of the ball. So I kind of like this thing to blow up. Well, so, yeah, give me Buck Allen. I think it shapes up to be a little bit more of a uh, run-and-gun style. And then, Travis, you put on the – like, Baltimore right now is averaging, like, something insane, like 80 plays a game, which is insane. So it's yeah. just like, yeah, give me give me some options there. But So I wanted to bring this up real quick while we're, while we're touching before we move on to the, some of the other options in this game. Shady or Buck Allen, who are you starting? Oh, yeah! Wow! Yeah, probably, but probably Buck Allen. How given sad the over, is that? How sad yeah, is that? Given the over under, given the shape that Shady's in, given the lack of usage, even in that game last week where they were down to the Green Bay, he still wasn't used very much. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of strange. I I just don't want any part of it. Uh, I hate to be right about this because he's such a dynamic player, but we talked we talked about this coming into the year. Yep. We want to no part of that Buffalo Bills team on offense, no part of Shady, and that's exactly where it's gone. But back to this game, John Brown has been. I'm just so happy for this dude. We thought maybe there was yeah. a scare last week. He came back. He continues to kill it. He continues to be the perfect wide receiver for Joe Flacco. If you got him. Uh, you got to be loving what he's doing for you, especially where you got him in drafts or maybe even got him off the waiver in a more stacked lead. Yeah. Continue, uh, continuing on guys that have been doing, you know, work and that's Carlos Hyde. He continues to do his thing with that volume. I do think, uh, be wary of Nick Chubb. Yeah. I don't think it starts this week, but I think that down the line, they're going to start getting Chubb more involved here. And I think if the volume hides at, we could see him break down at the end of the year, which may be why they, you know, went out and got Chubb and drafted him and paid Duke Johnson. Yeah. Uh, continue to walk uh, on that same note. Continue to watch Duke Johnson's involvement here. He got more involvement under Baker Mayfield. Similar to that, David Njoku got more involvement. So he seems to be another favorite of, of Baker's. Yeah, I mean, I – like we just t- we touched on a few we- uh, a few minutes ago, this tight end landscape is just so hit or miss. So I mean, yeah, th- it's hard to say that there are better options than than David Njoku. He has the ability to be the red zone threat there. Uh, we saw Baker and him hook up 
in the preseason for a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, I'm fine with rolling out uh, David Njoku in this game. But, Travis, the big question on – I mean, you're you're obviously rolling out, bless him, uh, Jarvis Landry. But the big question is, are you rolling out uh, Callaway? He's not really done much uh, this No, season. and he's, he's had a lot of drops. I'm not rolling him out in this game, but I'm keeping on to Callaway. He is their deep threat. Yeah. If they let him play through this, if they let him shake off the drops – even though they threatened this week to dial back his usage, which I don't see why they would. He is a talented option for them. Uh, he needs to work through the drops, but he's a nice stash. He's got great upside there. All right. Well, that does it for today's show, Travis. This was awesome. We had a good show today. And if you like today's show, make sure you tune in for tomorrow's show where we go over the rest of week five matchups. And if we don't talk about your players enough, go ahead and head on over to our website, thefantasywhispers.com. You could check out our rankings and see where we rank those players, as well as check out Travis's sit and start article, which will be out uh, in the next few days. So make sure you check on that as well. And make sure you follow us on social media. Uh, Instagram is a big one for us. We will be posting all the people who are in and out on game day, it's a big it's a big deal. You want to make sure you know who's in and out. There are a lot of surprises on game day. Uh, talking about last week, Chris Carson, surprise sit. We had it up on our Instagram saying, don't get them out of there if you have them in your starting lineup. Uh, so make sure you follow us over there on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Make sure you check that out as well as on all of the podcasts, Travis, you want to let them know which podcast one uh, podcast platforms we're on? Yeah, we're on those Apple, the Apple a podcast app, Google Play, and of course, Stitcher and Podbean. Um, so check it out. We always release it on Facebook, Twitter. It's also up through the website. You can get it at all different spots. Um, but just remember to change it up. Sometimes you retain information differently. So if you listen to it on Google Play, you know, watch us on YouTube as well. And we, we're putting up all sorts of great videos up on Instagram as well. So check it out there. Whisper Nation, we love you. We love the support. And we can't wait to keep bringing you all this fire content. All right. Until next time, that's Big Travi and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks. And we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.